Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. This is CBD infused coffee and it not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches and pains, anxiety, migraines, and so much more. All right, welcome into another episode of the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, AJ Hayfley, alongside Andre Simone, per usual. Dre, it has been an interesting week in our world of the NFL Draft. We had the high drama, the showdown. Uh, earlier this week between Kyler Murray, the Oakland A's, and the NFL draft. Yeah, and MLB baseball got involved too. Was, yeah, uh, as fun. they desperately tried to make sure that Kyler Murray would play baseball. Yep, well, in a wave rules and, and everything. Yeah, they were talking about paying him extra money, and really it it came down to How much money would it take for a millennial to care about baseball? (laughs) And the answer was apparently not enough. So he has declared for the NFL draft. That is where we begin the show today. Yeah. The entire outlook of the quarterback class, the entire dynamic of the first round has now changed with Kyler Murray's name in. Mm Mm-hmm. This is no longer speculation or a question. His right. name is in. Yep. And it is very likely that an NFL team will use a selection on him come the first round. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, we were fans of his as a prospect. And, you know, he he declares, but I guess he still has some leverage and could go back to baseball if need be which makes this even more interesting. He'll continue to have leverage, and I'd say he is handling this perfectly, as well as anyone would. And, uh, yeah, now you have this mercurial talent with a ton of question marks, but also uh, really, really intriguing, uh, you know, upside in the first-round mix. And I think between that and Haskins declaring, this quarterback class looks a lot better than we thought. Yeah, it uh, it certainly is going to help. You know, had, could you imagine a world where Murray uh, had decided to play baseball and Haskins decided to stay at Ohio State? Yeah, that would have been uh, rough. That would have been and really it's like, rough. Well, <laughs> right, Drew Lock, everybody, <laughs> right, right, on top of Herbert staying in school. Um, but no, right, those two declaring is huge for this quarterback class and. We've talked about it before, how it reminds us of 2017. And, uh, yeah, I think with Murray in the class, 
that comparison is even truer. And you know, I gotta, I gotta say, man, um, Murray is—he's basically a lightning bolt into this first round because yeah. you know there's been a lot of talk. You know, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. obviously uh, Dwayne Haskins yep. is more or less the consensus top guy at this point. Yes. Um. And then, and and then, you know. Where does Kyler Murray fit into this? Where, you know, there are going to be some opportunities here. You know, Drew Locke's going to the Senior Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same as Daniel Jones. So that's big for them. Yeah. So those guys are going to be there. Uh, Murray and uh, Haskins not going to get the same opportunity there. Right. And I think, um, you know, I think... Haskins, like Locke, and maybe somewhat Daniel Jones, are the kind of guys that throwing in shorts against air where it's one read, you're throwing to wide receivers, running one-on-one drills, are going to look really good. Kyler should look good in that setting, too. How good could really determine um, how high he goes at, you know, as far as his performance at the Combine and Senior Bowl. And hopefully uh, you you know, not to uh, jinx the kid, but hopefully he can he can be healthy because we have seen prospects before who are a bit unknown and then you get to combine or pro day season and there's some nagging injury and all of a sudden they can't throw and that kind of messes everything up. So that'll be huge. And uh, yeah, I I think we've uh, we've kind of led the way on these these quarterbacks and I think that slowly but surely the rest of the the rest of the public will will come along with us and realize that this is a better class than most think and really it's just simple math is why you'd want to get excited about Murray is that this goes from being a two to three quarterback class depending on how you feel about Daniel Jones we've analyzed Daniel Jones in the past we're not the biggest fans um, but, you know, with three teams in the top 10, the Broncos being one of those three, needing a quarterback, and that's the Giants at six, the Jaguars at seven, and the Broncos at 10, now having three to four worthy quarterbacks, um, I think really changes the outlook and really helps the Broncos as that third team in the top 10 that's looking for a QB. So that's huge, you know. It really is. And... You know, you've got, like you mentioned, you know, Giants and the Jags are really the teams that you've got to try to jump. Yep. Yep. Or the teams that you're contending with for the, the QB spot. And again, this is just like last year, uh, doing this before free agency. Yeah, exactly. You know, where, where free agency could be the big difference maker here mm-hmm. where... Maybe, you know, maybe the Giants or the Jags, honestly, go out and get a Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, some other quarterback. Totally. And and all of a sudden, you know, that's that that could change. Yep. Hey, they don't they they aren't going to they're, they're not going to use this this top 10 pick on a position they just sunk a bunch of money into. Right, right. And the Jaguars definitely could be a player in free agency for a quarterback like Bridgewater or Flacco or what have you. Uh, Foles, you know, trade or free agency. 
And yeah. uh, the Giants, it's being rumored, and of course it's early in January, so don't really believe any of the rumors. Right. Though you and I, we are kind of of the mantra, believe rumors in January and uh, February more than you do in like late April, right before the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, there there are rumors that the Giants might not go quarterback. Um Cecil Lammy came out. Uh, you'll be hearing this on a Friday. We're recording on a Thursday. He came out today, Thursday, and said that the Redskins might be a team interested in moving up to try and get a quarterback and leapfrog the Broncos. So it'll be very fluid, and we'll see how many of those three teams, including the Broncos, will go after a quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, legitimately, it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what they try to – what they try to get done and how this sets up because uh, you know, without, without Kyler Murray's inclusion here, I think we would be talking about just the three quarterbacks or just, just the two quarterbacks. We would just be talking about Haskins and Locke as top 10 guys. And it would start to look like Denver's on the outside looking in for one of those guys. Yes. You know, depend, depending on how they feel about one of them and, to be honest, as excited as you and I are about uh, Kyler Murray, I I also don't realistically envision a world where John Elway is like, yeah, that's my guy. So, yeah. who yep. knows? Yep, I keep and, coming back to that. But, hey, they did like Mayfield last year, and they did like Keenum. So maybe they're coming around to smaller quarterbacks. But Murray is a whole different level. Um, I think I've said it on the pod before. Murray – even if he measures at his listed height of like 5'10, 190, 195, he's the size of Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah. Think about that for a second. Think about how small Tyreek Hill looks on an NFL field. And now imagine that being your quarterback and taking, you know, 60 snaps behind center. You know, yeah, especially behind a bad offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Interesting. He's definitely one of a kind. Um, but, uh, you know, as I hinted earlier, we're, I think we're, we're a little more excited about this QB class than we were going in. And um, we have a question from J.D. Fry, and I then have a question for you. So uh, let's jump on that. Uh, okay. Yeah, J.D. Fry, he asks, what are your thoughts on Brett Rippon? Lots of hype behind him now, especially after a few Shrine game practices. Also... I'm just too hyped about uh, Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins. Thanks, guys. Well, we can always count on Jared uh, for some fun questions. Yeah. Uh, thought number one on Brett Rippon is that he should his nickname should be Brett Grip It and Rip It. Um, and he's got a great <laughs> arm. And I'm not surprised that in – you like that one, huh? <laughs> I'm not surprised that he's looked good in a setting like the Shrine game where, again – you're thrown against air, uh, and it's it's simplified reads, right? Like, even when yeah. you're doing, you know, 11-on-11 11 11 drills, it's not as complex as an actual in-game setting. And his arm, he's got the velocity. He can sling it around, um, you know, after the top four. So mm-hmm. the top three we just talked about, and then Daniel Jones. Rippon is my um, highest-rated quarterback i'm surprised he hasn't got more hype and it's been interesting that he's really outplayed easton stick who i know was kind of a media darling especially after he and north dakota state 
won the national championship, the FCS national championship. Um, so very intrigued by R Brett Rippon, and I think you're kind of on board with that, that you, you're you a fan of the Boise State product as well. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like him. He's, you know, he's like your classic Boise State guy, right? You know, he's a tough kid, good intangibles, uh, good arm. He definitely had the kind of career um, – trajection that you want mm -hmm. where he gets he gets a little bit better every year he does a little bit more um you know the accuracy certainly got better uh, i i like i i like brett Rippon. yeah um, it's really his arms know, most got... intriguing in tight windows and then the accuracy as you said it's improved but that's kind of not as intriguing yeah. as his arm talent right now yeah and and you know decent size mm-hmm Right. So he's he for me he's long felt like a maybe like a a late day two early day three kind of guy. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, and and in, this is the kind of guy that you always talk to yourself. Oh, he's an he's an intriguing development guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know, you'll somebody will take him, and he'll probably sit through you know he'll probably make it through camp and then he'll probably sit through his rookie contract because he's a super cheap backup and then who knows right right you know he have no idea what happens to his career after that yeah fair fair so um, i but you know it's he's not a guy that i think like we're talking about is like oh this is this is a starter you know like I don't I don't feel like that's happening, but I, I feel do like as far as the second tier quarterbacks go, he has the greatest chance of like being kind of a riser through the draft process, you know. Um, probably more than guys like Will Greer or Ryan Finley, Clayton Thorson, those kind of guys, Trace McSorley. Um, I think if anyone's gonna rise up, he he has those tools that'll intrigue the NFL enough to where he can jump up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, he definitely presents an intriguing option. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, then Brett Rippon, decent, decent prospect like him. We'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Yeah. Big time. And it's intriguing that he's been doing good things at the East West shrine game where they have a decent, like some pretty good quarterbacks for the typical standards. Um, and really our question from. Jared was the only question we had this week because one of our other listeners uh, went listened to the pod and realized we'd answered his question on Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the Florida um, hybrid cornerback safety. And I, I get it. You guys are still getting used to this being a Friday show. Um, so I have a question for you, buddy, before we end this uh, QB heavy segment one. And it's... Oh? What would Drew Locke have to do in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl to change your outlook on him? Because I know you, you've been a little skeptical about, about Drew Locke, about Elway's guy, Drew Locke. What would he have to do? I don't, I don't know that the Senior Bowl will change my outlook on him yeah. because it's not a, you know, a, a week of practice is not a game. Well, channeling your inner Allen Iverson? Um, not a game, you know, and like how, how you, how you practice obviously is important that sure that matters, mm -hmm. but 
like let's let's be real here. It's not this not the same. Right. Um and I you know, eh, I don't I don't know that the senior bowl is the see the senior bowl is a great showcase of talent every year and too much gets made of it all the time. It's a lot of fun and it's a great experience for for the draft, you know, and and for guys to get down there and take a look. It's going to be great for you to be there uh to to hang out and see you know, right. kind of how things go. Right. Um but at the same time, I I don't know that there's anything Drew Locke can do at the Senior Bowl that would change how I feel about him as a prospect. Okay, fair enough. It's 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 game day, you know. It's look at it. I mean, he lo- he already looks the part, so he's gonna go down to to the Senior Bowl and continue to look the part. You know, he's got the right. great size, right. he's got the flashy arm, he's got the experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a starter for four years, he's he's probably gonna look very polished, uh, trying to run into whatever whatever system they they ask him to try to play. It'll probably be pretty basic, and and he should look good in all of those things. Um, and he should definitely look good. Uh, in in a very elementary setting. Right. Yeah, it does play. He right should absolutely shine. Right. So you're more of the idea if Drew Lockwood does what he needs to, you're cool. If anything, if he messes up in a setting that's perfectly suited to him, that'll be more of the issue. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Well, I think uh, that's a solid segment one on the QBs, and we've got we've got a lot more. So... um I say let's take a break, buddy, and uh, move it right along. Yeah, I agree with you. We are going to do that, which means we've hit our first break here on the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast, presented by Strava Craft Coffee. We will be right back. When it comes to quality craft beer, there is no place quite like Colorado. And Colorado Keg House embraces the true essence of that, providing 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. The most unique thing about Colorado Cake House is how many beers they have on tap. I mean, there's simply a beer for everyone. They change them out regularly, and it's it's great Colorado craft beer. I've been going there for about two years now, and I'm never disappointed. That was Lindsay, and like she mentioned, Colorado Keg House rotates their inventory each week to bring you new flavors. They also offer a great selection of Colorado wines and spirits, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy any sport you wish on one of their 27 TVs. My favorite thing about Colorado Cake House is the atmosphere. You can bring whatever food that you want to eat in there, and they have a million TVs. It feels like it's not a bad seat in the house, and they've got extremely comfy couches that you can sit on and hang out with your friends and just kick back. It's, it's a great atmosphere. If you're a Colorado beer lover and you haven't checked out Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, do yourself a favor and head over there today. And don't forget to mention BSN to receive 20% off your order. Welcome back in segment number two here, the BSN Broncos draft podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. I'm AJ, he is Andre, we are us, and we aren't wasting time today because we are both busy dudes with uh, things to do. So let us continue plowing through this show, sir. Oh, yes. Uh, The coaching staff 
more or less has been finalized. I would say all of the uh, major yeah. guys are locked in yep. now. So how does that change the Broncos' outlook in the draft? Uh, obviously, again, with the caveat, and I will continue to repeat this until it takes place, that uh, free agency has yet to happen. Right. Right. Big caveat. Yeah. Yeah. So immediately, uh, Vic Fangio, head coach, obviously the, that will have the biggest impact mm-hmm. yep. um, versus the coordinators yeah. and the rest of the staff. But And uh, obviously getting Munchak is obviously a it's, it's a great uh, get for them. Yeah, huge hire. Uh, for, for a lateral move. Yep. 100%. So uh, how, how does that uh, – how does that change the outlook here, Dre? Yeah, well, on Fanjo, um, you can check out both my film rooms I've written on the Broncos' new head coach. Um, runs a slightly different defense, and it's funny that we haven't got to talking about this yet, but we've uh, paired quarterbacks with Kubiak's offense for, like, months now. Um, so, But, uh, no, his his defense is a little different in that you play more zone, and I really think what we thought coming into the draft um, prior to this hire that the Broncos would need more cornerback help, I think that's still true, but I don't think you would need to spend premium assets on that cornerback, like, say, uh, a top 10 pick or, uh, you know, major money in free agency. I think the bigger focus in Fanjo's defense, which has had guys like um, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, and this year Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, you want fast backers who can cover a lot of ground over the middle. And it's in a lot of ways an ideal defense for, you know, this modern NFL with a lot of Deacon Dunk. And obviously teams aren't afraid of throwing it over the middle anymore because of how the rules have changed. And so I think all of a sudden, you know, we might have been leaning more greedy you know, towards good old Greedy Williams coming into this, now I think we should be leaning a little more Devin White um, or Mac Wilson or good old, uh, you know, you could go lower tier linebackers who are still mobile, um, like Kendall Joseph or my guy from Stanford, Bobby Okereke, or Devin Bush would be a nice fit. And so... I think that really is a major change that's come from this defensive hire and this new scheme. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And I wonder if a GM like Elway, who until now has neglected linebackers um, severely, though in fairness he has found pretty good ones, and Brandon Marshall and uh, Trevathan, of course, and even Wesley Woodyard going further back than that, will listen to his new head coach and give him the linebackers he needs. Yeah, I th- I think it's going to be pretty interesting, um, especially with that top ten pick. Obviously, we've been we've been going on about quarterbacks, and that should be the focus here. But I think it really does elevate a guy like Devin White, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like all of a sudden, it's like, well, if you're not going to take a quarterback, or if you're going to give another year to Keenum, or they do something in free agency. They go get one of those. They go get Joe Flacco or something. Right. You know, then maybe uh, maybe Devin White at 10 is the is what you decide, hey, this is, this is where it's at. Yeah. And just so we're clear. 
I speak for myself, but I think I kind of speak for you too. I'd be all about a Devin White pick. That kid. I would have no issues with that. Yeah, I've been drooling over Devin White tape from last year. You know, like we are all in on D White. Um, so there's no, nothing the wrong with an that. Animal. Yeah, yeah, he's an animal, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. And the only reason we're talking about him at 10 is because uh, in a class full of edge rushers and interior defensive linemen. Right. Um, and even some and decent with just corners. enough quarterbacks. Right. Right. He might just that, that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the perfect formula for a guy like that to get. I mean, Roquan last year got all the way to, to eight. Yep. Um, with with crazy quarterbacks and everything else that 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 was in that in that class yep. like like a top 10 guard prospect that's exactly right yes yeah. so you know it's it's really kind of just projection here it's it's really just devin white would be more of a hey if he's there and say haskins and Locke are both gone and it leaves you with devin white or kyler murray um boy it sure feels like devin white would make a lot of sense yeah yeah, and he'd be a Although stud. I, my heart will break if they pass on Kyler Murray. Oh, I know. It'll be, it'll be not too different from last year, uh, where they pass on some oh, quarterbacks that I was intrigued God. by. And yeah, and then you mentioned Munchak. Um, listening to the Broncos podcast, you know uh, our guys Zach and Ryan who do this on non Fridays. Um, and they were kind of talking about Munchak and how that impacts. And they raised an interesting question of with, you know, a guy who's seen as the consensus best offensive line coach in the NFL. Yeah. Do you give him great talent um, and invest a little higher in offensive linemen for him? Or do you think... Do you try to get some underrated gems later in the draft or maybe some low-priced free agents and say, hey, man, you're a stud. You develop them now. We know you can do that as you've done in other stops. And the other caveat of this is, are they going to want zone blockers, which fit the Scangarello uh, system, and he's the new offensive coordinator from the 49ers? Or are they going to go with power blockers, gap scheme type guys uh, who – seem to suit Munchak more. So I think the O-line is really interesting, and it's a, it's a fairly intriguing class of offensive linemen, though it's a lot of right tackles. Yeah. And it, I do think it will be... Uh, I do think it will be really interesting uh, to see kind of who wins out mm-hmm. on draft day when they, you know, between the Munchak and... Uh, the new offensive coordinator, whose name I will never be able to say correctly. Yeah, it's taken me like three um, days, but Scangarello. It's not the, the hardest to say. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. You um, can handle Uko Pecorine, dude. Like, I don't even want to hear that you mean, Scangarello you mean is hard. <laughs> Uko Pecorine? There you see, exactly. Thank you for making my point. Yeah. So. Yeah, UPL's a hero. He sure is. He's a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, an idol to us all, no doubt. And all our listeners have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> there might be one who's like, ha, oh, memories. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. 
so I I do I do think that's going to be interesting. Exactly like who wins that that I don't want to say power struggle, but kind of who wins the uh, uh, philosophical mm-hmm. battleground space. Yeah, hundred uh, percent between between Munchak and Scangarillo. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be very revealing about what they try and do because. What does what is Munchak able to do with Garrett Bowles? Yeah, right. Is going to be a big question. What does he think he can get done with him? Yes. Um, and and the answer to how he feels about Bowles might be answered in how aggressive they are in chasing tackle help, either in free agency or uh, the draft. In the draft, right. And it's yeah, it's an intriguing free agent class of offensive tackles. There's a decent amount of serviceable guys, including Jared Valdir. Yeah, and if they and if they take Jonah Williams tenth overall, I think we know how they feel about Garrett Bowles. Yep, fair, fair, totally. Yeah, or even worse, so. like Cody Ford, who I guess I'm coming around to. Um, but not in, that high, man. No, no, tenth would be insane. But um, in general. Um, and I mean, this is, I'm sure, a question that you faced as a, you know, as a longtime beat reporter yourself is when you have a coach that's a specialist in a certain area, do you let him develop maybe uh, diamonds in the rough or do you go and give him really high end players that he can turn into studs? Um, You're always going to prefer high end players. Right. But. You also, like, it's not an either-or, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to you're gonna bring in high-end players. You're going to bring in at least one high-end player with the 10th pick, and then their second-round pick is going to be pretty high as well. Right. So, um, you know, high-end players are going to be there. They're going to be a couple that come in. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you've It's got... just at what position. Right. Yep. Totally. And, I mean free agent and they'll have Valdir, Paradis, uh, Max Garcia and Billy Turner all who are on expiring contracts and they need to figure out what to do with those four guys so definitely you need to fill up and add depth on the O-line because you can't afford to lose four guys and you'll have to figure out which of those four you want to keep and uh, really reshape this O-line for Scangarella and Munchak and um just a quick note on Scangarello, who I haven't written a film room on yet. I was watching a little Wagner tape and what have you, and he definitely, you know, in his college days, which I think is part of his appeal, he likes to run with the quarterback. So maybe he is the guy that, um, you know, is pounding the table for someone like Kyler Murray, though who knows. And um, watching the Niners this year, I found myself thinking, boy, they, I mean, they have some really good concepts in how they're able to overload zones and really stress like one defender in one zone to pick. It's like, pick your poison. Are you going to cover the, the tight end who's going to go to the flats? Or are you going to pick the wide receiver who goes up the seam? And having speed at wide receiver is really a key in those concepts, being able to work so well in that offense. And I I do feel like, you know, and this isn't new to our listeners. We've we've tackled this before. I do feel like hmm, we could we could use a little more uh, speed at wide receiver, especially with this new offensive coordinator 
and um, what he brings to the table. And um, there's one guy at the Senior Bowl that I uh, just interviewed yesterday who would fit that speedy receiver bill. So that's a little cliffhanger for you. You'll have to stay tuned. And anyone coming from that Shanahan offense, they're going to want more tight end help. Um, so that's something I'd say about that too. As much as I know you hate it, uh, and you know we have three young guys who've been saddled by injuries in but Fumagali and uh, Howerman, of course. We gotta figure out, um, you know, is any are any of those guys a long term answer? Are any of those guys real mismatches in the passing game? And what do we do at the tight end position? Because it is an intriguing tight end position this year. Decent depth. And, you know, with that early second-round pick, you might be able to get some really good value. Um. Yeah. <laughs> all I will say, uh, at that second-round pick, <laughs> if Noah Fant is still there, mm. I'm going to be... Uh, like, huh? I, it, will be, it will be a temptation, and then if they do it, I will burn everything down. It would still be... Um, since we've done this podcast, we've... It would be far from the the pick that upset us the most. Let's just say oh that. Oh my god! Without bringing up, without rehashing uh, old old pain, we'll just say that you know. Yeah, nothing will ever top our first draft together. No kidding, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what a, a mess! What a night! What a couple of nights! Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were messing from being with me. like, from being snowed in at the studio. Yeah, right. To to the actual selections that took place, to randomly going live on air just because we could. Right. Yeah, that was a uh, that was wild. That was a fun. That was a fun couple of days. Yeah, no kidding. I'm actually kind of exhausted right. just thinking about having to do that again. This draft. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, buddy. Well, that was a all clean right. segment. I think I think we covered all our bases. Uh, we definitely did. So high fives to us. Yep. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Take our second break here. It's the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. We'll be right back. There's nothing more important than family. And for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow. And, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's 
something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN, gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Welcome back in third and final segment here of this week's BSN Broncos draft podcast. I'm AJ Hayfley. He's Andre Simone. Uh, we are the draft nerds. Yeah. Right in the heart. Uh, I guess not the heart. This is really just the beginning of, of our season of our. It's only just begun <laughs> of our, our time to shine here <laughs> on the, on the Broncos show. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> It's funny because I'm doing draft podcasts with you today to, uh, as we record on Thursday uh, to be posted Friday. And um, for the Avalanche show later today, I'm doing a prospect show by myself because both of my partners on the Avs beat are occupied. Wow. And well, you are a machine. So and I'm. That's why we love you. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm excited to get into some, some Avs prospects today. It's going to be a good time. And then. Uh, to start my day with uh, the draft show. Yeah, not bad. Elegant and sexy. That's right. All right. So third segment here. Basically, the entire premise of this is Andre sends me his big board and I poke holes in it. Yep. That was really. Yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be published here soon this weekend. Uh, but, you know, AJ being a friend, he gets a preview. And since he was going to you know, bust my, my cojones about it on Twitter anyways and tell me who's too high and too low. I figured, you know what, let's dedicate a segment to this. Yeah. Uh, it it so ma- that's what we're doing. It makes sense here. Uh so basically it's just here's I, I get to see the top fifty. We won't run through all those names because reading a list of names would get incredibly boring after a while, which is kind of what the draft is. So it's funny that I say that. Um <laughs> but Let's get into this a little bit. Uh, first off, yeah, man, you have too many tight ends in your top fifty. Uh, I don't. I don't really need to. I think we've we've probably covered this ground pretty. All of th- all of three for those of you who are not uh, seeing the big board. I right count now. four. I've got Irv oh, Smith that's Jr., right. That's right. T.J. Hawkinson, uh, Noah Fant, and Caleb Wilson. I so forgot I snuck, uh, snuck Caleb Wilson in there. Right off, right off the top, that's too many. So, that's too too many. The only guys that should be in there are Irv Smith Jr. and Noah Fant. Interesting. I think uh, Irv Smith and Hawkinson are neck and neck, and the best blockers in this draft as far as tight ends go. And I think that makes me really confident that they'll be able to carve out a role. And even if they're not like studs, which I know is your problem with drafting a tight end high, is like. He might be a serviceable starter, but he's not like a game breaker like the few tight ends yeah. in the NFL that are. Well, and he's not he's um, not going to be on the field all the time. He's not going to present any kind of a, a legitimate mismatch. He's not going to do any none of that none of that nonsense going on with these guys here. The only the Fanta only Fanta Caleb Wilson are mismatches. I'll just tell you that. I don't think Wilson is anything. So mm. I'm not I'm mm. not worried about Caleb Wilson at all. Check Caleb Wilson's stats for a tight end and uh, get back to me on that. Yeah. Was it, was there a true freshman playing quarterback at UCLA this year? Sure. Okay. So if, Well, and he almost averaged 100 yards yeah. per game last year with Rosen throwing it to him. Okay. So he's got a top before 10. He got injured. He's got a top 10 pick throwing to him, and he's got a true freshman who needs a safety valve. Great. Good for him. 
So I mean, I'm saying the guy's producing, and you'll get better quarterback play or as good when he hits the NFL. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong, but I'm sure there will also be actual wide receiver options as opposed to what there was mm. at UCLA. So fair. Um, again, I'm not worried about Caleb Wilson that he shouldn't even be in your top 100, but that's fine. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. So much, so much disrespect to my man, Caleb. Um, okay. I think, I think you've got Jerry Tillery too low, but I Mm. also understand what the guys that are in front of him. Uh, I, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's 20th and he's what? One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. He's the eighth best interior defensive lineman, even though he's twentieth. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I I could see that. I love Tillery. I've kind of been back and forth with him, um, and I settled on twentieth for this this version of the big board. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I really like Tillery. I, I do. really, really like him. I do, too. And that's the only reason I say I think he's too low is just because I, I really like him. And I, I like both him and Wilkins over Draymond Jones. Um, mm. So I could see that. But that's Draymond to me is an upside play. You know, um, that's a his flashes are elite. That's a nitpick for me. Um, sure. Sure. So I uh, I think you have wide receivers in general a little bit too low. Uh, with Nikhil Harry being your first wide receiver at 21, but I'm glad that you have the right guy at the top of your wide receiver board. So, yeah, took me a while, but I'm I'm back on Nikhil Harry as wide receiver one. Welcome to coming and around you know, to the right opinion. Right, and you know I think the wide receivers they're all kind of bunched together. Um, and once yeah, we, I agree. Once the combine comes around, we'll ha- and senior bowl and that kind of thing, we'll have a little more separation, and um, you know, then then some guys might move up into that top fifteen and <clears throat> be a little higher. But yeah, I I could see that. That's a good note. That's a good note. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I do really like. Um, I honestly, I really like this wide this wide receiver group. Um. But it's yeah. They, there was so much like inconsistency that each one of them has such an, a, a significant red flag. It's such mm-hmm. a it's such a strange group to try yes. and sort out and pick. Like if you've got four guys on your board and the top three go, then you just take the fourth, and your job is really easy. <laughs> but, right, and it does feel like as you're saying, we have a lot of one trick ponies where it's like, well, he's massive and is great on contested balls. Can he separate? Right. Or he's Marquise Brown and is like the fastest dude in the draft, but he's five nine one sixty. Right. You know, like or DK Metcalf, who might be the most complete, right up there with Nikhil Harry, coming off a really severe injury. Right. Um, right. You know, and it just goes on and on, where it's like, okay, you you check some important boxes, but you, then you don't a couple others, and that's part of the issue. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing group that I I like a lot. I think uh, some NFL teams are going to be happy with what they do, and then some NFL teams are going to be unhappy with what they do. Um, yeah, I think you got Greg Little a little bit too low. Uh, I definitely agree that he fell out of that top ten hype where we had him at the start of the year, but dropping him out of right. your first round is too much for me. Yeah, he's thirty ninth for me. He is the fourth best. Uh... 
offensive lineman slash tackle, depending on where I end up on Ford's Cody Ford from Oklahoma's best position. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and maybe there's some prospect fatigue going on with Little. Yeah, I mean, well, but at the same time, Little's been on our yeah. on our on the radar for three years. So yeah, it's like yeah. every you know. He's been hyped up, and so it's like every mistake he's ever made, every mediocre game he's ever made, we remember all of those things. Yep, totally. You know, sometimes Greg Little might be a guy where you put the tape away for two months, and then you come back in March, and you watch it with fresh eyes, Mm -hmm. and you're like, ah, this isn't as bad as I remember, or whatever, you know. However you end up feeling about it. So, or you talk yourself into a guy like this with a great O-line coach like Munchak actually might be pretty, pretty good. You know, when you have the raw tools and you just need to be developed. Absolutely. Then maybe he's a perfect fit in that sense. I mean, he's classic dancing bear. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I In the same vein, I think Juwan Taylor on your list is a little bit too low. I think that guy is going to be a first-round pick, but that will probably be more oh. about uh, tackles right. than right. Taylor specifically. So that I think Oh, he's... see, when we talked about this before the show, I thought you were implying he was too high for you. No. But you're saying he's too low. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, 43rd. I watched more tape on him yesterday. Um, he's made massive strides from 2017 to yeah. 2018. And that's... Truly uh, massive. He's He's been one of the big risers in this year's class for me. Yeah. Um, of guys that I was already familiar with coming into the year. Um, right. So Jawan Taylor is a guy that I think will will push. Um, and I could see him getting drafted higher than Kajust at this point. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and the only thing is guys like him, Ford, and even Jonah Williams have slight um, length concerns. Yeah. Um, so they might be better fits at guard. And, you know, if, like, 2019 is the year where we don't care about positional value anymore and we'll take top-end guards wherever, <laughs> um, these guys would be, like, crazy good guards. <laughs> crazy good guards. Uh, Yeah. Let's take let's take some of those guys in the second round, eh? There you go. I mean, they tried last year in the second to get an interior offensive lineman and couldn't couldn't swing it as like every pick before them seemed to be uh, an interior O lineman. Uh, who knows? Yeah, well, and maybe they'll go back to the well. I mean, last year was weird because a guy like Braden Smith gets drafted and then they he gets moved to tackle and he plays really well and it's like, all right, what are we even doing right. here anymore? <laughs> right, yeah, and I think in some sense, him, Braden Smith, totally, and Isaiah Wynn, who was drafted by the Patriots, has been injured and not really played, but he was a guy going into the draft where we were all like, eh, he's a guard, but he played tackle at a high level, left tackle for Georgia, you know, who clearly was one of the best teams in the country, and the Patriots drafted him as a tackle, and that should be their plan next year, as Trent Brown will be a free agent, they'll replace him with Isaiah Wynn. So, I mean, if it's good enough for Belichick to use a guy who we all thought was going to be better off at guard at tackle, then it's like, whatever. Like, we don't have to be this nitpicky just to have an opinion or a draft hot take. Like, if it works, it works. Just plug them and play them. Who cares? Right. Well, and, like, that's, that's the easy thing to do with offensive linemen. You, you draft them, and then you give them... You know, you plug them in somewhere, and then you just stop worrying about it. Right, totally. 
Yeah, and if they don't work out there, just move them. They'll be better off at another spot. I think that's the upside of drafting an offensive tackle rather than drafting a guy who's already a guard. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Any other notes on, on this top 50? Uh, I mean, just what I one, one thing I would say, man, um, one running back. Yeah. And I don't even – that's that's not a note. That's not a criticism. That's just me right. saying, wow, one running back. And I don't have a yeah. – uh, I don't disagree. I don't have right. an issue with the player. Uh, it doesn't bother me who you have there. I Yeah, Alabama's Josh Jacobs is my top running back, and he's at 40 on the big board. So yeah. pretty low. And compared to the last two years where the running back classes were extraordinary, um, that is – that is noteworthy. Um, and, you know, Rodney Anderson and Bryce Love's injuries really hurt. And yeah, we'll see. It could be that, like you were saying with wide receivers earlier, some of these running backs rise up a little more. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, that's worth pointing out for sure. I still think it's interesting. Um, last note that I'll have, you have Greedy at four. Yeah. Yeah, Greedy Williams at four. Too low for you? No. Um, I just think it's interesting that you still have him that high after the year that he had, where it kind of it kind of felt up and down. He came in. Sure. He came in with a lot of hype, and we yeah. were really excited to see what he could do, uh, kind of as the man. And right, and he had a good year, but I right. There were there were games where I just didn't necessarily feel like I'm using a top five pick on this guy. Right. He didn't always meet or certainly exceed those sky high expectations we had for him going in. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. And and that's you know, is that is that the fault of uh the expectations or is that the fault of the player? You know? Chicken or the egg. I don't know. But right. I would say that's that's all I've got for you here. So Cool. Subscribe to BSN if you haven't already to see that this weekend on top of some other draft content and film room on the new staff that I'll be writing. So stay tuned for all that. Yeah, make sure that you guys don't miss out on any of that. Dre, I'm going to pay some bills and then we're going to get out of here, all right? Right on. All right, BSN listeners. We are excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee that you guys already know about. Strava Craft Coffee is CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible. Make sure that you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2018 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. That does it for this week's edition of the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. I think that's uh yeah. I think I think we're out of here, buddy. So uh thank you guys for listening as always. Drop any kind of questions that you have about the draft for us in the comment section of the show when this posts, and uh we will we will tackle them on next week's show. Until then, thank you guys for listening. It's been the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Stravacraft Coffee. We will see you in a week.